Well, hi everybody, it's Rob Evans here, your weight loss coach and health strategist. And I've got a very special guest with me today. It's Loz Antonenko, all the way from up in Queensland. How are you today, Loz? I'm sensational, thank you, Rob. It's uh, not raining here in Queensland or cold, yeah. as you can tell by my daily attire. Yeah, yeah, as we And I'm jealous of the Southerners. Really? Do you like the cold? I love the cold. Gee, well, I'd happily do a swap. I looked before I jumped on this and it's 28 to do today for you and we've got a top of 18 and it's pouring with rain outside and it's, it's cold. So, uh, yeah. So, um, so Loz, thanks for joining us. So Loz is a, um, the healthy habit coach and a business consultant. She's an author um, and she's also a weight loss coach. Just So we work in the same fields um, and putting our own touches to how do we help people so, Loz, tell us a, a little bit about who you are and how you're coping right now with the what the impact is of the coronavirus on your day-to-day life. Yeah, sure. So, uh, first question. Uh, I love to help people. I would consider myself a bit of a helpaholic, actually. <laughs> and I think when it comes to reaching out to people, the thing that I really love is watching people grow and develop and really come into their own and and become the best person that they can be, whatever that looks like for them. If it's a weight loss journey or understanding more about their habits, if it's improving their business, their work life integration, whatever those things are, I'm very passionate um, and purposeful about helping people create better strategies to manage all those things in their life so that they can achieve the goals that they want to achieve because everybody is capable of basically anything that they want to achieve. Um, in terms of the COVID-19 issue at hand, which has caused people to go into some sort of crazy frenzies in a lot of circumstances, freaking out and getting really caught up, I think, in a lot of this sensationalized media hype. For the clients that I deal with, a lot of those people are really getting quite stressed by the concept that they're not able to get out of their houses anymore and, and do the things that they were used to doing. And especially those clients that are on weight loss journeys, uh, a lot of them find that uh, they were doing things before, they were maybe getting a little bit of momentum, trying to get fit and healthy, and all of a sudden there's this social isolation thing going on and this social distancing thing and uh, feeling a little bit stuck would be probably the theme at hand for a lot of people. And this is not just people in weight loss. I guess a lot of people feel a little bit stuck. And I think a lot of that's driven by a fear of uncertainty, a fear of not knowing when all this stuff is going to end. And personally, I'm super excited by all of this, actually. I um, have been business as usual, if not probably um, engaging more with people. And I think being proactive in Right now, I have 32 unread messages on my on my phone, text messages. I've got like 112 emails and probably 60 messages on Facebook. So, you know, I'm really proactively making sure that I'm there reaching out to people, people who are non-clients. It doesn't really matter. To me, it's about engaging with community and really utilizing the technology that we have because what yeah. better time in human history for something like this to happen, really? Yeah. We are so well equipped to be able to maintain contact and connectivity with other people. And I think really what this is teaching people is that it is possible, people that work from home specifically, it's so possible to integrate work and life in a much more um, 
synergistic way and really see that going to work on this commute thing and sitting in an office all day, there are other ways to still be purposely productive. Mm. And I really think at the end of this, whenever that is or whatever this looks like, people are going to come out to the other side and go, wow, like that was a really unique experience. That's taught me so much. And times like this are really when lots of innovations sort of occur. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting, isn't it, when we, we're challenged with change because most people don't respond to change very well mm. and we've been forced to, to change and adapt and, and so forth. And some people are adapting and other people are, you know, are, are really struggling with it. The thing that um, I've noticed is that people are you know, starting to post that they're going to come out of this fatter rather than fitter or people yeah. are asking, are you going to come out fatter or fitter? And, uh, you know, people are already throwing their hands up in the air and saying, yeah, I'll come out fatter than this. So already knowing that they're going to come out fatter on the other side because they're just not, I suppose, embracing the opportunity that we have now. Mm. Uh, and we've got more time now because people are commuting less. And, um, but people are so used to you know, going off and doing their other things. And I, I reckon yes. people live in a world of distraction. 100%. So they commute they get up in that rush and that busyness of going to work and then doing stuff at work and then rushing to come home and do all those stuff. It's really just distracting us. So and now that you've taken those distractions away, people are like, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people were so caught up in this, this idea of being busy and I actually mm. mentioned this in my, my book, the healthy habit handbook that we wear busy as a badge of honor almost. Yeah. And we're so caught up in having to be productive and text messages and numbers and metrics when what this is actually allowing people to do is because it's paring back all the, the, the garbage, the white noise, and people are actually having to sit with themselves without the distraction. They're going, Oh my gosh, like what, what do I do? Like I, like, Facebook, for example, is, is huge right now. Facebook, TikTok, any social media, everybody's just sort of flogging that. Whereas yeah. for some other people, as you just sort of mentioned before, Rob, you know, not having distractions kind of makes people feel very uncomfortable mm. because they have to be vulnerable to a situation and yeah. go, you know, yeah. what what is this about? And I like the, the power to be able to harness that and go, right, like this is okay. This is actually okay. What can I do with this time and space? All of this opportunity now, all this commute time, I bought back time because the one thing we can't make in life is more time. We always make more money. Yeah. But we can't make more time. And when people have time, they don't know what to do with it. And you made a good point there. I think when we're, we do have that, um, you, know, you mentioned the word vulnerability, but when that inward looking, like we don't often inward look, and we should, like we should become great conversationalists with ourselves and, um, you know, really understand ourselves on a deeper level. But we use the distraction, the busyness, the social media, all that kind of stuff so that we don't have to do that. And mm. now that we do, it's like, wow, that's really confronting to, it's like putting that mirror up in front of yourself or you know, doing a Zoom call with you on the other side, asking yourself questions. Yeah. Uh, and being honest and truthful about what they are. And this is like for certainly for my life, lifetime, yours as well. And for many people, we've never gone through anything like, like this before. And um, as you indicated at the very start, uh, yeah, it, this is an exciting time if you want to see it that way. If you want to find the opportunity and say, wow, what can I be doing now that I couldn't before because of X, Y, Z, but now I can. Yeah, whether it is, you know, switch off the TV, pick up a book, look at those 
areas that you want to improve yourself and develop yourself. And this is a really great opportunity. But this is probably a good segue into the next question. When it comes to your health, it's not just your health and fitness, but if we just talk about that for a second, when it comes to your health and fitness, if you look around the world, there are a, f a minority of people that absolutely nail it and get absolutely amazing results. You know, whether it's uh, the way that they look, their health, both, you know, they do that. But the majority of us, and if we use the Australian statistics as an example, like oh, two thirds of us are overweight or obese. That's not, that's not saying that the other 30% are healthy, but let's just work with that statistic. They get it not even a little bit right. They're getting it completely wrong. Mm. So in your view, what, what do you see as the main reason why people just, there's only such a small percentage of people that get it right? I think the media has a lot to do with it. Um, I'm not going to blame external things. I find, you know, in my weight loss coaching, a lot of people, even something as simple as understanding marketing and the difference between a healthy food and a food that's perceived as being healthy because of clever advertising, yeah. things like that. Like it's, I'm not going to accuse Australia as having a lack of education. There's plenty of free resources out there if you want to find them. A lot of it comes down to cultural norms, I think, because the majority of the population is quite unhealthy now, that is the norm. And when people are outside of that norm, you kind of get excluded from those conversations as seen yeah. as a bit of an underdog and people don't really understand. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I was a former unhealthy person. Like, I'm not going to lie. I used to be overweight, hate myself, highly medicated for depression and anxiety. Um, but then what changed for me was that I actually got really sick and I developed an autoimmune disease and it was literally a case of life or death. I lost 12 kilos in three months and was hospitalized. I got down to 40 kilos and I nearly, literally nearly died. So my doctor, my specialist said, you know, whatever it is you're doing, you need to stop. And it was stress. It was stress related. Now stress can come from food. It can come from extrinsic and external sources. Um, but then it perpetuates internally as well. And so all of these stresses of eating unhealthy, not exercising, waking up late, going to bed late, drinking lots of coffee, eating lots of junk food, all of those stresses and the oxidative stress that had built up in my body, basically a trigger happened and I got really sick. That was the best, worst thing that ever happened to me, Rob. Yeah. Best, worst thing, because it forced me to reevaluate the way that I was living my life. And over the course of probably say eight years after that, I did a lot of learning and I, rather than sort of follow what was prescribed to me by the medical community, uh, which at no point am I dismissing that as not being relevant, but there were lots of things that I learned on my journey about, you know, what made me feel good because somebody can tell you what makes you feel good and what makes you feel good right now could be just sitting on the couch, binging on Netflix and eating crappy food in a, no. you know, in a packet. But, you know, learning other techniques and understanding what it feels like to actually feel well, to feel well. I, I think a lot of people lack even any re relational understanding of what that feels like. Because when I was really sick yeah. and on the downslide to getting sick, I didn't feel sick. Yeah. I didn't feel unwell. I didn't feel unhealthy. I just thought that that's how you're supposed to feel. Yeah. I, just, I didn't, I had no point of relation. Um, but, you know, coming to the other side of that and now even improving my health 
further, you kind of look back and go, wow, like I can't believe I thought yeah. that was normal. We normalize yeah. this this feeling. So when we think about as a, as a culture and as a society, I think the zeitgeist has really shifted in our understanding of what wellness means because of all these external forces, we've got political and sort forces and other things sort of saying, you know, don't smoke, don't drink, don't yeah. eat bad food, yet the powers at hand still allow us to buy all those things. So I think it's about really wanting to feel better and knowing that it's possible to feel better and knowing that it's okay not to be like every other person. And for somebody like me, it was the people that I surrounded myself with that when I shifted that, mm. everything changed. Yeah. You know, if I'm surrounding myself with other people that are just like me who are all quite unhealthy, like that's just where you're going to sit, right? When you, start, right? when you start to up level and start to connect with people with this higher level of consciousness that want more, that know they can get more out of their life, that's when true transformation starts to happen and building communities of people, you know, through social media or, you know, through groups and, and weight loss groups and coaching, all of that helps people really realize that they don't have to feel like this. It's not, a, it's not normal to feel tired all the time or feel yeah. lethargic or, you know, have bad skin and bad hair and crappy energy. Like that's, let's not pretend that that's okay. Just yeah. because everybody else has it doesn't mean you have to have it too. You can feel amazing. It's possible. Yeah. Wow. You've, you've just raised so many great points there. Um, we could talk for about two hours on just yeah. a little snippet there. <laughs> but um, Carmen, thank you for sharing too about your, your, oh, personal, of course. your personal journey. Um, the first point that you said about uh, it being the norm, I think you've really hit it on the head there. And like if you walk around like my, my neighbourhood here, the chances are that if there's 10 people uh, there, then seven of them are going to be overweight or obese. Yeah. And you, or me, you, uh, are in a minority group. And people don't generally want to be in a minority group. They want That's to be exactly in the majority. Right. So it's easier to be with that crowd. And you see uh, the, you know, the circles of people that people hang out with. Or if, you, if I use this as an example, I was at the supermarket the other day and you look at what's going on the counter and you think, wow, here's my stuff, there's their stuff, fresh, pack it. And then, you know, you look at the person and you say, oh, wow, yep. you know, love, come and look at what I'm eating. And then you look at the, the kids and it's like, oh, man. And, you know, you become what your environment is like. And then they hang out with those same people. They're sharing the same food. They have the same habits. They go to the same pub and they all have chicken palmas or whatever, you know, excessive yeah. drinking and, and all of that kind of stuff because that's their sense of community and belonging. And they don't, like you say, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. So if we said we could give you an extra 20% more energy, you're like, okay, you've got no context for that because you've never had it. But when you're there, just like you mentioned before about how you felt looking back at your journey, it's like, man, how did I ever think that was normal? Because you just didn't know. Yeah. And, and because of the culture, it was a culture because humans are pack creatures. We like to belong. And, and, you know, I think this whole COVID-19 thing and the social distancing thing is really teaching people that there is so much power in connection 
Mm. People are reaching out more than ever because they're sort of forced to, because social integration isn't something we can just go out and meet up with our mates. But the whole shopping thing, um, it's actually quite interesting that you said that because my husband and I actually, so my, yeah, long story, but my, my my husband that I have now, um, when I met him, he was the typical sort of Aussie bachelor, you know, in his forties, having a beer every night. I, uh, I looked at his fridge. I was like, mate, <laughs> we need hold, to up, this. hold up. But, you know, over the course of a year, I just doing what I was doing at that point in time and living the way that I was living, which is quite healthy and, and teaching, teaching him why things weren't the best choices for him. He lost 30 kilos. He didn't even use any exercise to do that. That was all just purely lifestyle changes yeah. and went from drinking beer every night to, you know, maybe enjoying one on a Friday night, maybe two at the most, if it was a, you know, a big tough day or we were socializing. But after we sort of created that shift in his lifestyle, you know, he started to notice exactly what you sort of said then, you know, we would go to the supermarket and he'd go, oh, look at that person, look at their trolley, look what's in it, isn't it disgusting? And it'd just be white bread and Coke. And we had this idea that we would... (laughs) we would never do this i would never like i would love to be able to do this but dress up in like unicorn masks yeah and just go like raid people's trolleys and say hey you like do like interventions on people like we didn't have much trouble to do that but you're just so tempted because you're like i know oh i just want to help you so much if only you just want to shake people don't you and so i know doing to this little being here i know right and it's it's really challenging and it is confronting when you're on the other side, like people like yourself and myself, um, when you see people and it's like, this is why, like, this is why so many people struggle in the other part of my life. I actually, um, so for the last 13 years, a little bit of history, if you don't mind me sharing, sure. um, cause this sort of leads into why I became a coach in the first place. Um, for the last 13 years, I've been running a, a mobility equipment and home healthcare rehabilitation service. So up in Queensland, we have a business called Wow Mobility. I started that in 2007 with my dad. And there were lots of reasons that I started it. But over the last probably five years, a lot of things have started to shift in that industry. When I got into that industry back in the, um, you know, 2007, the biggest, the primary audience that we would serve, so the primary customers were seniors and people with a disability. Yeah. So people that were older that, you know, chronologically and biologically were struggling with mobility. So things like a mobility scooter would give them independence back. And people with a disability who had issues with mobility and, you know, they may have been born with some issues or acquired them, acquired disability. And having a mobility scooter would give them mobility and independence. Over the last five years, what's happened is there's this emerging market that sits in the middle of those two markets and then they're not seniors yeah. and they don't have a disability, but they've got all these acquired lifestyle related conditions and comorbidities like obesity and heart problems and cardiovascular issues, chronic diseases. And all of a sudden you've got all these people between 40 and 60 who need mobility equipment. Yeah. And like, I can't walk. They're super overweight. Like I'm dealing with equipment these days. It has to take 400 kilos yeah, it's ridiculous. So it? it is. It's ridiculous. And and what that made me realize is, why are these people in this position? Like, and and the trouble is in business. I'm in business. You know, I have to sell equipment to be sustainable, right? Mm. And I was in this moral quandary, because I go, you know, with an older person or a person with a disability, you give them a device 
whoops, you give them a device and it, it enables them to do something. Yeah. If I give this demographic of people a piece of equipment, it's going to disable them even further. Yeah, they're not going to change. Correct. And so I started going, okay, like I feel crap about this. Like I need to keep my business sustained, but if I don't sell them a mobility scooter, they're just going to go to another store and buy one anyway. Yeah. You know, I can't stop them doing that. So, you know, you sell them a scooter. And I started to realize that this is not really where I wanted to sit because the morally and ethically, there's a part of me that goes, oh, this is not right. So I started looking at ways that, um, how can I help these people? Like, can I, can I teach them? Can I teach these people about what it is that they're doing and why it is that they're stuck here? And that there is another way. Like if they walk into the store and look for a mobility scooter, I can start asking them questions about their lifestyle. And a lot of the time they don't want to talk about it, but there would be occasionally the, the person that would go, okay, like, yeah, I, I'd like some help. Mm. And that was the beginning of me realizing that coaching and weight loss coaching, it's never about losing weight. And you'll know this as a weight loss coach. People come to you because they want to lose weight because they think that that's the answer because it's the tangible outcome that they can see and they can relate yeah. to and they can measure. But weight, weight gain, weight loss is a symptom of something far deeper. Yeah. And when you peel back those layers, people realize that you know, a lot of the time when people emotionally eat, hands up, I've been here, right? When you emotionally eat and you start putting on weight, there's a reason that there's an emotional connection. There's an anchor or a trigger. And doing the work and going in really deep and going like, what is this? What is this for me? Yeah. And working on that, a lot of the time that unlocks the key to the weight gain and then the weight loss symptomatically will start to occur. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so many people are just they're so distracted by yeah. all of these things that when you never get to that question in the first place because they're just not interested in learning the answer. But it's, yeah, it's, it is quite fascinating really when we talk about community and um, a sense of belonging because just even somewhere as simple as a supermarket, like there's a whole culture thing going on in there and the way that the marketing's done with the impulse bars. I used to be a Woolies checkout chick one time in my life. Yeah. And, you, you know, you're told, you know, make sure you tell people about the impulse bar, the impulse bar, you know, like when people are at the, um, yes, conveyor belt, right, yeah. the impulsive yeah, yeah. stuff and there's never anything healthy there. Yeah, that's right. Still just crap. Still chocolate and lollies. Oh, and yeah. freaks me out. So I just, I just avoid supermarkets now. Actually, what's been great about this whole COVID thing is that I just use the excuse of, Oh, I'm um, socially, I'm just, I'm, I'm isolating. My mom's just been doing all my grocery shopping. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or I just go up to like the the local organic store. Yeah. And then I just avoid all the crowds because nobody's buying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, cool. Um, beautiful. So tell me then. So for you personally, with your health and fitness, um, how has this impacted you? So do you? Well, maybe if you tell us a little bit about what you were doing pre, like whether you go to the the gym or you do it at home anyway, and you know how you've had to modify and how that's working for you. Yeah, sure. So um, prior to all of this, I was teaching and training in the gym. So I'm a group fitness instructor as well. So I teach Pilates and kids fitness and other types of fitness, which is really fun. All of a sudden that stopped. Mm. So um, I'm actually doing virtual classes now, which has been great for me in terms of my own motivation and communal motivation, obviously, because it, it forces me to have to go and exercise. Yeah. So I teach two of those Pilates classes a week virtually now. I have some really great people that come to my classes, you know, twice a week. Um, in terms of strength training, I um, am a former bodybuilding competitor. So I was planning on competing at the end of this year, but all okay. of the comps look like they've been cancelled anyway. 
So my focus has actually shifted from that goal to some other goals. And, you know, I wrote a book, I've started a podcast. So I guess my shift from fitness to other parts of my life has been quite interesting. Yeah. I still like to keep healthy and fit. So in terms of my, my fitness regime, pre-social distancing, I was at the gym, well, I was teaching 11 classes a week <laughs> um, on, some, on some weeks, um, but I would, I'd basically be at the gym five days a week. Yeah. And then I do strength training or flexibility training, agility, cardio. Now that I'm not at the gym, I walk twice a day with my dog. So, you know, it's not a lot, but it gets me some vitamin D, gets me moving in yeah. the morning. It's the first thing I love to do, rain, hail or shine. It's my habit. If it's raining, chuck on wet weather gear. Don't give a stuff. I'm out yeah. in the rain. Um, and if it's sunny, amazing. I'll take, I'll just have a crop top on and get sun on my abdomen then I will normally do a strength session in the evening. So I like to do that with my husband. Um, and as a personal trainer, you know, I, I have, I program myself anyway. So yeah. at the moment I've just created a whole heap of home workouts for my clients and I'm just doing my own home workouts. So a lot of hit and circuit stuff, which I love because you change it up all the time. A lot of outdoor agility stuff as well. Um, I also have a reformer, a Pilates reformer in my okay. gym room. So yeah. I use that a lot, which I'm very grateful to have because it's sort of replacing cables at the gym. Yeah. Um, but I also do a lot of flexibility work as well. So that's one of the goals that I've sort of had is while I'm in yeah. lockdown, why not, you know, if I can't lift heaps and heavy weights and lift stuff and grunt, then I may as well do something else. Yeah, nice. Um, but healthy eating is always a huge part of that. So no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm at the gym or not at the gym, that never yeah. changes. Yeah, nice. Yeah, cool. So tell me then, um, as we get towards the end here, what would you say to people that are going back to what I said at the very beginning, thinking I'm going to come out fatter rather than fitter? What are, are maybe a couple of top tips that you would recommend to people right now that are listening to this and that they are really struggling? They're either, you know, we're doing well before on, on starting a journey or whatever, and now they're not, or they're thinking, man, I really need to start a journey. What would your couple of top tips be that what they could start doing immediately yeah sure so my top tip always is remember your why why did you start and then you know why did you start and why have you stopped because that'll give you an indication of whether your why was a very valid or authentic why you know i you know my why for going to the gym was because i want to look really hot in a nice pair of you know pants or whatever you know that's not yeah you know like Get back in touch with your why and sit in silence at times and really engage with that and anchor that in the depths of your soul. Use meditation as a form of relaxation and a point of focus because where focus goes, energy flows. That's a Tony Robbins quote, one of my favorite. The second thing is why not start trying things that maybe you've never tried before? If you've always wanted to do a dancing class but have been embarrassed because you feel like maybe you wouldn't fit in, go and get a YouTube video and go dance in your lounge room. Mm. What an amazing way to do something like that and get in touch. Nobody cares. Nobody's judging. I think a lot of people get really scared of engaging with group exercise because of fear of judgment. Yep. So what better opportunity right now than to, you know, try something new, get on YouTube. There's a plethora of free resources out there. Go and use them all. Come and do one of my classes. <laughs> They're yeah. lots and lots of fun. And number three, Food is the biggest challenge when it comes to weight loss and people don't realize what impact food 
has on their weight loss journey. In fact, food is probably more important than exercise with most people. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, really knuckling down and working out what it is you're eating, working out, you know, are there ways that I can improve some of these eating habits that I have? And if I'm emotionally eating or not eating at all, because that's another problem, the under eating, which obviously your audience would know a lot about, you know, how can you improve your eating? Are there more convenient ways for you to make sure that you're maximizing your nutrition? And to me, what the biggest tip, which is the overarching tip of all of this is what can you do? What can you do? Let's not think about the things you can't do yeah. when you're in lockdown, but what can you do? What are some of the things that you can do that are inside your circle of control? And can you make things fun? I think yeah. a lot of people miss the fun element a lot of the time. Exercise is fun. Exercise isn't a punishment. Eating well is fun and can be fun and healthy and enriching and you can enjoy the cooking experience. So just get out there while you're in home. Get in there rather and try something new for a chance, for a chance to just understand what it feels like. Because right now, there's no better time than right now to make a change and get a start on whatever it is that you want. You can do it. Don't let COVID-19 get in the way. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, great, great advice. I think this is the um, the thing that maybe people are realising now because I don't know about Queensland. I mean, you had, I don't think you had any deaths overnight or any new cases no, overnight. No. We've had one and a few more cases here. Um, it, I think the reality is we may still be locked down for another few months before, yep. you know, we can get back into gyms and gyms will be one of the last things to be opened. Agreed. Uh, so, you know, we've still got these opportunities to be doing more with our time. I look at how I spend my time each day. It's been a pretty smooth transition for me because I'm, I've been used to working like this for 11 years now. Uh, but many people, it's still new working from home and doing all that kind of stuff. We're homeschooling the, um, as well. So I've got the two girls, uh, you know, working away right now, you know, online and that kind of stuff. And we're doing PE sessions in the gym and, uh, you know, it's, it's a real challenge. It's a different environment for us, but it's yeah. it, like you said, there is no better time than right now to be saying, hang on a second, let's just really do something about my health and fitness right now. Um, it doesn't have to be an obesity thing. It's just about getting more energy into your life and, and feeling good about who you are and what you are. And gee, maybe we could boost the immune system in the process. There's going to be no better time. Once this is over, you're not going to, you're going to find every excuse you can to exactly. say, I don't have time now because oh, I've been in lockdown for six months. So now I've got all this work to do, which is rubbish, but that's just how we operate. And so why not do the hard work now? Yeah. And it's are. not even, it's not even hard work. It's, you know, you've got so much fun, you know, time freedom now. We've all got freedom of time, which is something that a lot of people have really struggled with. Everybody yeah. always says, I wish I had more time. Well, when I have more time, yeah. I'll do this. Well, guess what, guys? You, you got heaps now. of bloody time up your yeah. sleeves. So get out there and just enjoy it. Mm. Enjoy it. And, you know, try something. Just give it a try because, if you know, if you never, never know, if you never, never go, you'll never, never know, right? I think That's that right. sounds like a slogan that will <laughs> never sell anything. <laughs> Uh, like you said, the example with your husband, I say to people, you don't have to take a, make, make a massive change today, but today's going to pass whether you do anything or not. So let's just do a little bit. Let's do a little exactly. bit today and do a little bit tomorrow. And then if you do a little bit every day over the course of a year, that's huge. The yep. impact on your life, your body, your health is massive. So don't think that this is 
you know, going to be so overwhelming for you. I just did an interview with uh, one of my clients yesterday. She's now lost 92 kilos. Wow. That's amazing. Now I was talking to her about how did you not focus on the big number all the time? And she was just talking about, we, I had to break it down into small, you know, chunking it down into smaller goals, which is, you know, what we recommend to people because yeah. it becomes too overwhelming. So don't think about the huge number. Think about the little thing that you can start doing as soon as you press stop on this recording. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's about habits. It's about stacking habits. And all you have to do is improve two millimeters at a time because, you know, you stack up the dominoes over a period of time, you start knocking them down, you start to realize that that two millimeters every day will eventually be two meters, two kilometers. And it's all about just incremental, tiny little milestones that lead to monumental shifts. A habit, it's the metric is it takes 66 days to form a habit. So if you can do something for 30 days, you're halfway there at 66 days, mate, if you've done the same thing every day, if you want to change something, just start doing it right now do up a calendar. I actually have a heap of free resources I'm about to launch on my website and a 66 day habit mastery mastermind where people are able to look at different habits and have some peer support over 66 days because that is how you create sustainable change, whether it's weight loss, whether it's, I want more work-life balance, whether it's, I want to stop drinking alcohol, I want better sleep, I want to feel less stressed. If you can just find one thing And if by doing that one thing today, it will make everything easier or unnecessary, do that one thing. Yeah. Do that one thing. Because if you can do that one thing, you can do two things. You can do three things. You can do anything really. So as you just said, it just starts with one little thing, plugging away because the journey of a thousand miles starts with, you know, the rest. First step. Yeah. (laughs) That's fantastic, Lois. Hey, before we finish up, do you want to... Um, maybe so talk about uh, your book and how people can maybe get in contact with you and uh, we'll put some links underneath this recording so with your name and everything so people can just Facebook uh, message you or or whatever to get in in touch but um, talk about how people can find out more about you your book and so forth because I know that's launching in three days yeah yeah thanks Rob so um, you can find me on Facebook so Loz Antonenko that's L-O-Z and then Antonenko, you say it as you say it and you spell it as you say it. So it's A-N-T-O-N-E-N-K-O. But if you type in Loz, Rob will probably put a link there. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on social media anywhere. I'm on Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest. I have heaps of cool stuff on Pinterest. Um, but the book uh, that I'm just about to launch on Friday, actually, I'm super excited about. I accidentally wrote it. It's called The Healthy Habit Handbook, which is a blueprint to inspire health, happiness, and vitality. So the book is a bit of a memoir style, but also there's interactive exercises throughout the book, which will help you dive a little bit deeper into the intricacies of your daily life and help you build better habits across all different areas of your life. So whether that's business, sleep, stress, eating better, exercising, moving, so there's a lot to sort of go into, but if you want to learn more about the book, come and find me on social media. You can connect with me on my website, loslife.com. There's no .au on the end because I'm international. And um, I'm also starting a podcast of my own, uh, which will launch next month. So that's called The Healthy Habit Hot Seat. And I interview people like Rob and other people, and we dive deep into the intricacies of their daily habits, so successful people across the world, and we learn more about the things that they've done that have 
brought them success. So um, I've got people like Dr. John D. Martini, Pete Evans, the chef, some really cool people across the world that are fascinating people that have very interesting lives and um, success leaves clues. So why not ask people that are leading successful lives how they did it? Yeah, sweet. Nice work. Well, um, congratulations on your upcoming book. Thank you. Um, I know how, how challenging it is to, to get a book done and to yes. get it out there is a real sense of achievement. So congratulations on doing that. Hey, I want to thank you for today. Um, love your energy. Love, um, love the conversation today. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day. And uh, like I said, we'll put the links uh, underneath this podcast when we po- or un- underneath this recording when we post it so people can get in touch with you uh, if they want to. So thanks so much, Loz. And Thank we'll, you, Rob. And we'll talk again soon. No worries, mate. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs> no worries. See ya. Bye.